0: Welcome back to Bruins Tape to Tape. I'm your host Caroline and I'm joined here with the ever lovely Maria. Hi Maria. Hello
1: Caroline. Hello everyone. Um the Bruins have had another um busy but fruitful week, I, dare I say. Absolutely. Since the last time we recorded. They're just yes. rolling they're just rolling along, which I don't know if I should be worried <laughs> about that.
0: <laughs> I tell you, it doesn't get old. The fact that we get to be watching uh, Bruins hockey almost every other night. Quite frankly, these next couple of days, it's going to be brutal. Uh, I'm I'm spoiled now, having to wait for Saturday. And today's Wednesday the fifteenth, and we still have to go through two more work days and a whole regular saturday before we get to see them play hockey again. So, but we've well, got a I'm lot sure. to talk about. Yeah. Um yeah. let's set the table. Uh we'll talk a little bit about this past week and what they did, what they did great, what they did terribly with <laughs> um we have a listener mail submission from friend of the pod Adrian, uh, a couple of roster updates. So, as a quick rundown, as you all have probably seen, Derek Forbert is back and he's back throwing himself in front of pucks. Um, certainly a missed element. Nobody is as fearless, I think, as Derek Forbert when it comes to self sacrificing himself.
1: <laughs> no, and it's such an underrated but extremely valuable skill that yes. a defenseman has, but it does leave you subject or open to potential injuries, getting dinged up, but breaking both of your feet. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> you know, and just as a quick sidebar, I know you and I have talked about, like, got to stay on topic, but I just have to say, I love how uh, diverse of skill set um, our defense is this year when you have somebody like – Forber in the in the lineup, you know, I don't think every team has somebody who's like him. You've got your high skill players, your workhorses, your defensive defensemen, your offensive defensemen. So, I just love that he's back because it kind of completes that full defensive picture um that we've got. I think I think that's incredibly valuable to have. Yeah, he's
1: a he's a good steady stay-at-home defenseman mm-hmm. and I, you know, I know that he's taken some Criticism, and I think there were some during the offseason some fans who were hoping that uh, Don Sweeney would divest himself of uh, yeah. of Derek Forbert, but um, you know his penalty killing skills, great, are great mm-hmm. and yeah. with the number of penalties that the Bruins seem to be subject <sighs> to be taking this season, <laughs> yeah um, you know you, you need a guy like yeah. that to anchor. Yep. Those penalty kill units.
0: All reliable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hopefully, you know, we're going to have a couple of other guys come back. You know, speaking of probably broken feet, Luch, Uh, so he went out on LTIR. So as a reminder to all of our friends out there, LTIR means 24 days and 10 games. Minimum have to pass before the player is allowed to return. So for Luch, you, I believe you have to meet both thresholds yes uh and so for luch uh his 24 days date would put him at november 20th uh and then the 11th game um for him would be the florida game on the 22nd but maria you were reading i think uh recently that ty
1: anderson probably not gonna be the case monday the 13th um the update that Coach Monty provided is that he's not progressing as quickly as they had expected, and he's apparently um a week behind where they expected him, but it's not dramatic quote yeah. unquote you know they're 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 winning without him, yeah, he's an older player, although mm-hmm. you know he's not old but an <laughs> oh, older <no>. player <laughs> and What's the rush at this point? What's the rush? Exactly. And bringing him back is likely only going to create some cap issues for Don Sweeney. So, yeah
0: definitely. And then for Grizz, now he's one that we've already seen pictures, video of at practices, so one can only hope at this point that he's right on target, but he was put out on LTIR on November 1st, and so his 24 days and 10 games actually lands on the exact same day, uh, the 25th of November is the game against the New York Rangers for Black Friday. So I'll be curious to know. I believe that's in New York, right? Um, no, the, no that game is here. Oh, it's home. I will Why be I in think attendance. Of yep. course, silly no, me. I will be. Yep. <laughs> so uh, then, all the more reason. I mean, and, and, and I and guess I would be don't surprised expect if it's not. Any
1: good game notes for me on no. that game? Because no. I might. I might.
0: Be participating in a few beverages, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, hopefully, we see Grizz back for that game, and hopefully, not too long after we'll see uh, we'll see Luch. So, um, that being said, yes, we have been winning without him. Uh, I probably am being a spoiled Bruins fan in saying. We're winning, but I don't always like how. So let's do a quick rundown of our games uh against the Islanders. We played Montreal, and then we just played Buffalo. um what are your takeaways? What was going on for you? What did you so see? would we'll, you like we'll
1: start? Yeah, we'll start with the um game against the New York Islanders, who, for the most part, are a boring team to watch. <laughs> um, you know they they had some push. In in their game, that was a five to two win by the Bruins. There were a lot of firsts in that game for the Boston Bruins. I think it was the first time this season that the Bruins scored five goals because yep. they've been typically grinding out wins two to one, three to two. It's um, been a slog. Th- yeah, yeah, it's a slog. And you know what? That's what we were expecting this mm-hmm. season. Um, this game was the Charlie Coyle show. Yeah, That has been the Charlie Coyle that we have all been waiting to see yep. since he came from the mm-hmm. Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. And we need to see more of that from Charlie. He, he gets his 150th career goal and <laughs> his first ever hat trick. He's yep. been a beast in the face-off circle. I, I yes. will say that. I, I mean, you know, even without looking at statistics, just watching – He's a beast in the face-off circle. But the shoot first and 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 Jim Montgomery has talked about this um it both you know in the media and it sounds to to Charlie as well. Shoot first. Yeah. The the kid's got a shot. Yeah. And when he has the opportunity, he's he's got to use it. So um good good for him, good for him. He seems to be you know, getting more and more comfortable in whatever role he's being put in, whatever yes. line he's being asked to center. He's playing well, and he's playing consistently.
0: Yeah, 100%. I agree. You know, I'm a huge fan of CC. I, I root for him. Um I I swear I'm screaming at the TV every time he has that puck to shoot. And he knows it. He's talked about it in uh, interviews. He's definitely got to be a lot more... He has to become a little bit more selfish. I mean, for crying out loud, after he celebrated his hat trick goal, he bumped into the ref. And before celebrating, he apologized to the man. (laughs) Like, you wouldn't know he's from Massachusetts. You would definitely think he's from Minnesota.
1: Maybe they're they're more civil in Lima. Maybe.
0: Maybe. (laughs) But to give you, like, a a quick stats rundown for him, um, I ran these numbers on Monday. So, obviously, it's changed a tiny bit since the... Uh, game on Tuesday night but as of Monday Coyle has faced 251 total face-offs now he's leading the Bruins in that in Bru- Bruins centers and Bruins in general um Pavel Zaka is right behind him with 206 though that's like the second one Beecher at 123 Patra at 116 at this point in the season you can now start to see um Generally, where the players are going to settle in terms of what their average is for probably the rest of the season, because you're starting to get enough of a sample size that, you know, any sort of weird peaks from game to game um, are going to even out. And so he's evened out also at the highest um, at 53 uh percent. So that's pretty darn good. Pavel Zaka, I would say he's also right there, uh kind of approaching his average. Um and he's at 51.9. So you've got basically Charlie Coyle at 53, Pavel Zaka at 52, John Beecher, he's at 52. Um, those are the three that I would say right now are probably approaching what their average, like what we can generally expect from them for the rest of the season. Considering we had the king of face-offs <laughs> for twenty years, having three so centers who are the, right. The the fact that we have three centers who are all operating above fifty percent high efficiency. I'm happy. Air, yeah, thrilled. And they are they, they are
1: progressing in the right direction. Yes, uh, you know, are either one of them, David Krejci or Patrice
0: Bergeron? No. no. However, the team is winning. The team and they stepped it up. They've they've taken on the challenge and they've responded and that's what you want to see you know so thrilled for him as well um i totally forgot that it was a five to two win uh just like last night's game was a five to two win but it felt like a very different game in terms of like them coming in and taking care of business
1: well it could have gone very wrong for the bruins after they gave up a shorthanded goal in the third period, abs- absolutely nobody was covering Holmstrom, mm-hmm. and if the Bruins hadn't, luckily they came back and immediately scored a power play goal. Mm-hmm. Because if they had not scored that power play goal, oh, yeah, who knows where that momentum, yeah, might have swung. Yeah, um, and you know uh, that New York Islanders team is is is. It's not a bad team. It's not an elite team, but it's not a bad team. Well, so, and they have Sorokin. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, you've got you've got Barzell. I mean, they've they've got what? some skill and talent yeah. um, on on that team. So, um, you know, I have no love lost for giving up shorties. That to me is inexcusable. It's bad. But yeah. if you come back and you score the power play goal, all right. There's room in my heart to forgive you. But yeah. in that instance, that that could have been a turning point. And to the credit of the Bruins, they didn't allow it to be a turning point for the Islanders. They made it a turning point for them, and mm-hmm. they finished them off. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was... Um it was a little nerve-wracking there towards the end. So, and uh, uh, another a little hat tip besides the fact that this was Charlie Coyle's first uh hat trick, hat tip that was unintentional. Um, JVR 600 points. 600 so, points. Huge. That's that's fantastic yeah. as well. He's boy, he's
1: he continues to impress. Mhm. He continues yeah. to impress. Yeah. Um, Montreal. Oh, boys. First of all, first of all, <laughs> I don't care that there might not be a rivalry anymore. It still annoys the hell out of me when we lose to the Canadians. It always has, and it always will.
0: <laughs> you know, Maria. I think I have great respect for that rivalry but i'm of a generation where that rivalry has not really existed in the same way that it existed for you and like for my dad so i love to hear you talk about montreal and how much you hate them because you got to really experience that real that real traditional rivalry i have What's to that? settle for i have to settle for toronto <laughs>
1: When when you look back and some of the um oh uh, no some of the best hockey fights hi yes okay mm-hmm. you're gonna find a lot of, Bruins Canadians yeah you know I I even go back as far as I can't even remember what year it was when you know Milan Lucic was going through the handshake line oh, and God. apparently said something very. <laughs> um, <sighs> Very inappropriate <laughs> It might have been Dale Niece, but um yeah, so that's how deep, deep rooted yeah. the rivalry is, even for the players, oh yeah, not just the fans, but even the players themselves. So oh, yeah. I think I think it would be great for the league to bring this rivalry back to life again. Yeah. Um, was that game Saturday a potential start to it? Perhaps, maybe. You know, Brendan Brendan Gallagher certainly tried mm-hmm. to reignite the yeah. rivalry by yeah. you know taking a swipe at at Swayman and and basically
0: yes. yank, yanking great.
1: you know his face mask off. I, I mean, doing great. what he does, right? Yeah, doing what he does. You know, we we got a guy like that on our team too, mm-hmm. so. Um,
0: Yeah, I think the, the biggest problem or the reason why it's not been as big as it used to be is a couple of things. One, Montreal and Boston, you know... Back in the heyday were both excellent excellent teams and so it's so much more fun when you've got two phenomenal teams playing against each other because it's so exciting and you honestly don't know what direction it could go in because both teams are equally good right the other problem has been especially in recent years with the realignment of the divisions and just how everything is kind of organized now they don't play against each other with the frequency that they once did because there are more teams and so you know it's uh, jack edwards said
1: episode on please i know right okay we could do a whole episode on you know the lack of
0: wisdom and Mm -hmm. forethought by the nhl (laughs) schedulers i know but like to, to quote jack edwards from i don't know if it was last night or the or during the montreal game but it's like um You know, that frequency is what's going to cause this rivalry to come back. And if you don't see each other, you don't play each other, then there's not much there. And the last time I really remember there being a huge, huge rivalry was the year the Bruins won the Stanley Cup when they beat Montreal in seven games in the first round. Like, that was, that might have been even the game you were referencing. But, you know, so, albeit to say, uh, It was somewhat of an entertaining game. I love that they booed Marshan every single time he had the puck, and then he's the one that tied it up. They
1: used to do that to Chara, so now Big Z is gone, right? I mean, they wanted Big Z
0: arrested at one
1: point in time.
0: Although they never would have done it to Bergie, and I don't think they actually ever did because they could not possibly boo the most perfect hockey player on Earth who is also a native son. Like that's no, just no. against the law.
1: <laughs> no, no, they, they, they have their uh they have their villains already pre predetermined in yes. Montreal. Yes. But, you know, we can talk about this was McAvoy's first game back after suspension, yep. mm-hmm. and he looked like a racehorse ready to go, man. Chomping um, at the bit. Yeah. He he logged a paltry twenty-six minutes. Mm-hmm. I say that tongue in cheek. Um, after oh. missing four games, and he comes out and plays twenty-six minutes. He got the scoring started. Um mm-hmm. You know, what was it, 20, 36 seconds in? Pretty, was, quick. Um, pretty, quick, pretty quick. Pretty quick. Pretty
0: quick. Um
1: Then, you know, um, things, you know, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't any more scoring after that until the no. third period. Um, until the third period. Suzuki tied it on the power play. And then 27 seconds later. Uh-huh. Um, that was painful. Brendan, yeah. Brendan <laughs> Gallagher. Um Puts them ahead. Bruins yep. had a goal called back due to goalie interference by Oscar Steen. Unfortunately, I do agree mm-hmm. with the call. Um, that was goalie interference, as much as it pains me um, to say that. Yep.
0: But, Oddly, um, this was the a Bruins game. Bruins weren't
1: ready to start that third period. I don't think. No, no. They weren't ready to start that third period.
0: No. And this was a game where you know we've jokingly said in previous episodes how we've been kind of surprised at some of the shootouts that pasta has been granted like I don't know, I'm questioning if those are really worth yeah, pen- not shootouts but uh, penalty shots right and we're like Ugh, we'll take it no joke there should have been one in this game, and even. Uh, Razor was saying in the intermission, like, I feel like that should have been one. I'm like, I know, but that's, that's my case to say, well, the league actually hates goal scoring. So they've decided, well, pasta had two, nobody can have any more. We're not allowing those for the rest of the season. They
1: pick and choose when they like it. I I don't (laughs) understand. I don't understand what goes on there. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there, there was, there was a little bit of jousting between Brendan Gallagher and Jeremy Swayman. Um, Uh So, you know, I'm not sure what he was thinking, but pulling off Swayman's mask, you know, I think it was a little bit after the whistle, but, you know, it is what it is. It's part of, you know, part of hockey. The Mm -hmm. statistic that um, kind of concerned me, or I I found a little bit, I don't want to say shocking, but surprising, I guess, for lack of a better word, is Mm -hmm. the Bruins were out hit by the Canadians, 14 to 27.
0: Yeah, this was a weird game because not only were they out hit by quite a bit, both teams had very very low shots on goal. So you know, it's one of those things. I I if I need the time, but I want to take a closer look at kind of what else was going on during this game that right. neither it, it, it team. Was a look. Yeah. Was getting to the net. Now, I don't know. I I, I haven't had a chance to check, you know, were they taking shots? Maybe they were. And, like, they were just missing wildly. But it was very, very low. And I thought this was strange because the game before, the game after, either average or above average in terms of shots on goal for uh, the Bruins. But this was bizarre. Very weird. Um
1: yeah. and they, they were pretty even um in well not not necessarily because I'm looking at the box score here. So um hits 14 for the Bruins, 27 for the Canadians, faceoffs won, 19 for the Bees, 23 for the Canadians, giveaways. This is this is um striking. 15 for the Bruins, 23 for the Habs. <laughs> on um, giveaways <laughs> 5 for the bees and 8 for the Habs it's an, it's really that's a striking contrast and you seemingly couldn't take advantage of some yeah. of those giveaways shots blocked yeah. were even and, and and this I will give the officials credit for at least the penalty minutes were even there have been times in the past where that would be a huge discrepancy when playing mm-hmm. in Montreal um that you know the Habs would get the benefits of the um Officiating. So I'm yeah. glad to see that that, that wasn't a factor uh, mm-hmm. in this game. But I just don't think the Bruins came out ready to play in that third period. And then it was interesting after the game where um, Jim Montgomery called out mm-hmm. uh, Brad Marchand for an unsportsmanlike penalty that he took because he was grossing at the official I think yeah he referred to it as inexcusable.
0: Yeah which like I'm I'm okay with him saying something like that. I think it's a little bit it's weird okay though because
1: they killed the penalty off.
0: Yes. The issue is you are
1: now and again and I I saw all kinds of dramatic reaction to this. Is it time for Martian to rein it in again? No. He, he didn't slew foot someone, okay? No. So he said something to the official, okay? But right. you still have to keep your composure
0: right. in yes. a game
1: such as that. You are the captain.
0: Mm-hmm. However, I will say, and this is like not... To defend necessarily Marchand, you know, like, yes, I have a a hundred percent agreement. I think it's a little bit odd, the timing for Monty to say something like that, when literally within the previous week, he got a bench miner in Detroit for doing the same thing. Uh, Okay, yeah, I agree. It's unexcusable. But you literally also did that a week ago. And nobody's talking about how none of the players are saying, well, it was unexcus- inexcusable that our coach couldn't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I know, okay. I know, I know. It seems it seems like a hypocritical position to take.
1: What I find kind of funny and ironic and not to be revisionist history, so we have, you know, this post-game where he's calling, you know, Montgomery's calling out his captain. Mm-hmm. Then we hear about – um He was uh, less than happy, and he made them pay the price during um, their practice this week where they basically did nothing but wind sprints. And I'm thinking, hmm, so Coach Monty's being a little mean to his players. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I I was listening to Jaffe and Razor's uh, Morning Brew, which is a great um, podcast as well, Uh, I mean, their take was a little bit different. They were like, oh, that was just conditioning. Like, it wasn't a punishment sprints, whatever. But I agree that I think Monty is not necessarily knee-jerk reacting, but I think trying to prove a point that, or to make up for the fact that he said, you know, last year, oh, I don't have to do anything. And maybe now he's, like, publicly showing the work that he's putting into this team. Whereas before... Listen, you know, I'm maybe fine his work with it. was behind the scenes or whatever. I'm fine with it.
1: Hold, yeah. hold your players accountable. Yeah. Hold your captains accountable. Yeah. Do what you think you need to do. I'm yeah. fine with all of it. I was yeah. fine when Bruce Cassidy did it too. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, saying this tongue in cheek. To me, mm-hmm. it's just the irony. Of it, and and mm-hmm. to your point, you are, you are right, and you know maybe he's thinking more to himself, and that's the message that he wants to send to Marchand. You let me take the bullets, okay? Yeah. If 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 there's anyone going to be, yeah, itching at officials, you let it's me be me. the one right. to do it, yeah, because he needs to be out on the ice. Having him in the penalty box for two mm-hmm. minutes, you know. In a, a very high intensity game, is of no value or benefit to the team,
0: right? And he has such a target on his back, anyways. anyways. That everyone's he's, there's a hair trigger with him and the um, officials. They're going to call everything on him immediately. Immediately no questions asked, and yeah. you
1: know what? I looked back and I'm thinking, I wonder if he had a reason to be griping at the official. But then I saw the play, and I don't know if something happened earlier that was getting missed. But I'm like. You got yourself two minutes in the box for that. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. even worth saying anything to him about. Yeah. Now, again, yeah. full disclosure, I wasn't able to watch the whole game. So I don't know if there were things that led up to that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Sure. But I am going to say I told everyone so. Yeah. Brad Marchand is not going to get the benefit of the doubt Mm-mm. from any officials in mm-hmm. the league. He's just not. No. No. Right or wrong. I think it's wrong. But this is what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting that you said, and I agree, I've been seeing this kind of trend with a lot of the games. If they don't play the full 60, interestingly, this season, it seems like they come out pretty hot for the first and part of the second and I've seen a number of games at this point where they kind of trail off in the second half of the game but what's interesting I did look up the um the Corsi 4% for both Montreal and for Boston and so that's essentially a way to measure um shot attempts so are they actually shooting at the net even if they're not shots on goal and in the first and second period um Montreal was leading in the Corsi 4%. They had a higher percentage of shot attempts in the first and second period. And the Bruins had a pretty handy uh, lead over the Habs in their shot attempts in the third. And I kind of almost wonder if it was because there maybe was a level of desperation that, you know, come the third period. and. They're like, oh, God, we got to, like, do something here. And instead of working smart, they're working harder mm. by just throwing whatever they can and hope that it goes in as opposed to, again, Montreal had more shot attempts in the first two periods. But who was scoring goals? Who It was Boston. Like, they were being smarter at, about their shots so they could take fewer but they were converting. This is exactly what happened in Dallas, where Dallas out shot in shot attempts, the Bruins. But the Bruins were converting because they were playing smarter. And so it's just an interesting thing that I've seen I've seen. And going into the Buffalo game, I certainly, you know, was glad to see that they had, you know, they took out the message, we're going to respond, like they do that, that's great. But what I saw was a better outcome to what I think they were maybe hoping the Detroit game would have been. And so what I mean by that is, again, they came in on fire, first period, complete slaughter of the Buffalo Sabres. (laughs) <laughs> Say and they were pretty aggressive, and they were pretty good starting the second period. And then I don't know what happened. And I feel like that it was exactly what happened in uh, Detroit, and a little bit of what happened in Montreal, too, where, I don't know, did the defense kind of just go to sleep? I mean, what was your take on how the defense was was going cuz i mean my my impression was that what ended up happening ultimately was a like yes we won but a failure on the part of the the defense i mean i
1: i thought they t- i thought they had a decent game now mm-hmm. again the buffalo sabers haven't quite taken the jump that everyone expected them to take mm-hmm. at this point in the season you know, the goaltending has been average.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Alex Tuck has been injured. Um, they lost, I think, I believe, Tage Thompson. Yes. Got hurt. He is now lost to them for an indefinite period of time. Mm. Um, so it, it. I don't want to say that the Bruins team is like a Sybil team. When When... When you've got an opponent like that on the ropes, you need to step on their throats mm-hmm. and and you say to yourself, well, I mean, what are you complaining about? They won five to two. They did. And five different players scored mm-hmm. their first goals of the season. Yeah. Heinen, Carlo, and Steen. Linus Olmark should have had an assist on Brandon Carlo's goal. (laughs) That was beautiful. He read read that potential odd man rush. Wow. That was scary for a minute. It was scary. It was one of those, (laughs) what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, (gasps) get back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was an awesome play. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I I, I think to some degree, and I don't think it's just um, limited to hockey, I think what happens in a lot of professional sports sometimes is – you might have a tendency to play down to your opponent.
0: Oh, and they definitely do. They definitely do. Yeah. Which is
1: not ideal. Yeah. When you're trying to establish your 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 team identity. I still think they I still think they're trying to establish their identity, mm-hmm. other than the fact that their goaltending is their identity right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, thank God. Thank God for Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. I as much as I ha- praise, even at the top of the show, the uh the composition of our defense, sometimes I want to strangle a whole lot of them <laughs> mm. well, <laughs> and just say, like, not, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm not I'm not a fan of what seem to be too many odd man rushes. And we are league leading goalies. I <laughs> know, and your goalies are bailing you out, thank thankfully, because you've got <laughs> you've yep. got the best goaltending tandem in the flipping league. Yeah, but um, that's the kind of stuff mm-hmm. that needs to get buttoned up mm-hmm. because not every team you play is is a Buffalo Sabers or a
0: San Jose Shark or right. I mean, I mean, they may surprise you, like the Detroit Red Wings. You know, I I, I just I just felt like they scored their five goals, you know, dusted off their hands and said, well, our job is done here. We don't really have to do a whole heck of a lot. I mean, how damaging could they be? Well, they still were able to score two goals because your defense, I don't know, was asleep at the wheel and your offense decided we've scored enough. We're good. Five goals. They can't catch us. I mean, they could. (laughs) Right. They could. They could. Anything yeah. possible.
1: And I think I think that's some of the messaging that Coach yeah. Montgomery is is trying to give, either by you know how he works them at practice and what he has them doing, and the fact that he's get them doing wind sprints. Because one of one of yeah. his recurring themes is he wants them to come out playing quicker. Now, yeah. I'm not quite sure sometimes what he means by mm-hmm. that because the Boston Bruins have never been a team known for their speed. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah. So it was an interesting game to watch. I mean, you know, I I was joking in our um Discord, which everyone should check out in the show notes. Join us on game days for chats. Uh but I was joking with uh some of our regulars and saying like, you know, as I could hear The local fans booing the Sabres. I kind of felt bad for the Sabres themselves. But, you know, I was like, oh, man, I think about Connor Clifton. It's just and I'm like,
1: miserable in, in Buffalo right now
0: between I'm like, the Bills and the Oh, Sabres. my God. But I just was thinking about him. I'm like, here's a young guy who spent the start of his career on a on a storied team, has always been a good team. He's on it. He was a part of this magical team last year. And then here he is in Buffalo literally getting booed. Like he's never been booed probably in his entire professional career. But then I remembered, no, no. He's going home to his pile of cash that he can sleep on. Oh, yeah. Enjoy no. your life, Connor Clifton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He
1: wasn't getting that money here in Boston. Nah. So, good for, and for him. Good deserve for, it. And you know what? Good for him. Again, they're they're not they're not a s- cellar dweller. Yeah. You know, they they do have good young talent. Uh, you know, I don't think the the goaltending has been up to what they expected
0: it to be there. Yeah.
1: Um yeah.
0: I mean, their guy's young, he's new, like he's got to grow into it. And like, you know, not to turn this into a Buffalo Sabres talk, however, just as no, a no, no, side no, note, no. I yeah. think this is a perfect example of a, the, the, the talent that's on this Buffalo Sabres team, like the team should be better. Like they got a lot of really, really talented players, Erasmus Rasmus Dahlin, Thompson, Dylan Cousins, I mean, Connor Clifton, um, they should they, be a better team. They've, they've got but the veteran presence of, you know, Kyle yes.
1: Opozo, who they honored before the yes. game for playing his 1,000 1, games. games. So, um, and, and I know, you know, they've, they've had some injury, a couple of injury things going on there. But um, yeah, you just have to wonder, like...
0: Well, this is, had- this is proof, kind of, you know, confirmation bias of the old adage that you all have heard me say time and time again that I grew up with, that... It's defense and it's goaltending that wins cups. Yeah. And I think that was the key difference because the Bruins out front of Linus Allmark stopped doing their job. They basically were like, we're good. And they still won the game because of Linus Allmark. Because, and that's yeah. happened with Jeremy Swayman before. So that the the and that just shows like that's where the buck stops. That's where you absolutely have to be the best. And with that's where again, we have it.
1: This 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 continuous conversation within the, the 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 sports talk radio walls of Boston of trading <laughs> trading one of them and it's always they always go to Linus because Linus makes more money than yeah. Swayman does yeah. is ludicrous to me. Absolutely yeah. ludicrous. But right. again, we talked about that last week. <laughs> um I'm not gonna go off on my hand, just it just drives me flipping insane yeah.
0: yeah yep so we ended up with a 5-2 win we are 12-1-2 uh once again league leaders uh great <laughs> i'm thrilled don't get me wrong i i uh, i can still be proud of this team we can all still be proud of this team and still complain about them too, because we know they can be better. We've seen them be better in this season alone. Um, so hopefully, uh, but, things. There's still concerns, you know. Yeah,
1: you know, Jake DeBrusque, this, you know, again, he seems to be snake bitten. He's, he's a little he's lost. He's playing poorly, he, but he looks a little lost out there. Yep. Like, you know, it's not, you know, he needs like a, he needs. He needs like some kind of lucky bounce or something to come his way so that you know then yeah. hopefully the floodgates will will open up. But again, yeah. they're still winning with without that. But at, at some point in time, you're gonna need that balance yeah. in, in your in your lines.
0: Yeah. So hopefully that kind of improves for him. But we've got a redemption game again coming up. I I do like uh, parts of this year's uh, starting schedule that some of the um games like you know that we 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 had this with Anaheim we had this with someone else i'm not remembering now who but we've had one of these already <laughs> And now we have another one with Montreal where, you know, they get to play each other um, like pretty much within a week of each other, well, which I think is, is fantastic.
1: This is, this is solely intentional on the part of the schedules and the NHL. Yeah. The fact that it's the Bruins' centennial season. Yeah. And so this game on Saturday is what the Bruins are referring to as a cent- one of their centennial games. Mm-hmm. And they will be celebrating the the big bad Bruins. Yeah. The era of 1960 to 1976. Yeah. There will likely be some alumni players Mm -hmm. in the building um, watching this game. So if this team can't get up for that. Oh, they will.
0: I'm sure they will.
1: I'm sure they will. Yeah. Um, It's at home. It's Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, it's, they'll have a little fire in their belly. They're playing yeah. the Montreal Canadiens at home on a Saturday night at the mm-hmm. TD Garden after it a could loss. Could possibly
0: go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. It better be the most entertaining game of the year. Um, hopefully, also there will not be a thirty-minute ceremony beforehand. <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, I haven't seen because I'm I'm going to the
1: game. Yep. I haven't seen any announcement about that my my expectation would be is there'd be there'll be some type of you know in game acknowledgment of yeah the big bad bru- bruins of, of this this era whether it's yeah. before the game or at some point you know during the game during a tv timeout i i don't know i don't yeah. know
0: so i think the other game that i'm thinking of was detroit this season, right? They've already played them twice. Yes, yeah, twice. And that was the same thing. And they did it was also, I believe, a centennial game. And so they had like a really nice video montage to whatever that theme was for that game. I don't maybe it was one of the earlier years. So I that's all I'm expecting. So it'll probably be like a shorter thing, like not a full-blown ceremony. But I love those. I think the Bruins do a phenomenal job. I mean, the NHL does a phenomenal job with storytelling around the traditions. So it's gonna it's gonna give you goosebumps. It's gonna give you a tear in the eye. It's gonna be a beautiful thing. Um, I'm
1: excited. I'm excited about. Um, it's been. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been, you know, in the building for a a Montreal yeah Bruins game, and I think there might be a little bit of leftover animosity with Bre- Brendan Gallagher and what he what he pulled. Oh yeah. with, um With yeah uh, Jeremy Swayman.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, and. Swayman Naturally is slated DNA. to play. He should be yeah. playing, right?
1: He should be playing. That's awesome. If, if, That's if the perfect. rotation stands true, yeah. so they don't been see doing, why not. Swayman should take the net for that yeah. game.
0: Yeah. So Unless Monty decides to change it up like he had in the past a couple of times against some of the teams last year that were a little bit of a thorn in the side. He did... Change' him out of rotation just to change the goalie, but I mean, who knows we'll find out soon um if it if it's if it ain't broke,
1: Monty, don't fix it Hopefully and right now that lesson okay,
0: literally right now it's the only the only reliable right. element of this team and it's not
1: even unreliable it is
0: <laughs> steady, it's predictable you have confidence, and it's predictable. It's it's on autopilot. Like, nobody touch it. Don't look at it. Don't talk about it. Just whatever. Let them do whatever they want to do.
1: These two guys genuinely like each other. Yes. I, I yeah. saw, a, 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 I listened and watched another podcast earlier today where the hosts had the opportunity to interview both of them together. Yes, and I saw it. Yeah, they genuinely
0: <laughs> like each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean they've they've described it. They're Bloody like brothers. Together.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm and excited. So now I'm excited. That, that
1: leaves me with this thought again. Yes, again because I'm I'm go- circling back to the trading one of them talk. Huh. Okay, when you have a relationship such as that and a tandem such as that, do you really want to rock the boat if you ship one of them out? Yeah. And the impact that it could potentially have. Because we talk about this all the time. Yeah. You know, locker room impact, locker room. Psychological. Impact, culture in the room. Right, mm-hmm. right. I, you know, again, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, Maybe more fodder for t- sports talk radio, but.
0: Yeah. Um, nah. Yeah. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see what kind of happens. Trade deadline. You know, it's not that far away. Thanksgiving is literally in a week. I yeah, can't believe it. You know
1: what? I know it's it's next week. I think <laughs> I think that time to. It the trade
0: deadline tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I, I think it's a little bit longer. Honestly, yes. that threshold when you look at where your team stands, and I, I think we've touched upon this on um, a prior pod. But mm-hmm. you know, I I think you need to wait until you know even the early part of of December to really yeah. figure out what your team is and viably where they could potentially fall in a playoff
0: scenario yeah yeah absolutely so before we kind of go into our other two little segments um i wanted to share a little bit of listener mail i mentioned it at the top um then we dove right in cuz we're just so excited to talk about our team um but again longtime friend of the pod uh adrian um he and I were chatting in our game day thread in our, in our discord back on the ninth. So probably during the uh, the Islanders game. And uh, he called me out on my uh, notion my my feeling that we were flirting dangerously close to being a one goal scorer team. Um, you know, he pointed out, that uh, well, it would be great to have another winger we're actually doing remarkably well on the goals front with the exception of the Toronto game which we went down as a 3-2 win anyways we have no fewer than three goals against in any game so far this season and the thought that we have one guy scoring them considering the following and then so he kind of very nicely showed me uh, all the goals that have been scored and by whom over the games leading up to the Islanders game. Um, And essentially was saying, you know, there have been 39 team goals and nine pasta goals. So yes, I got called out on that. However, I also said, pasta is the one who's always there in clutch. And that's what always gives me kind of that gut feeling that I'm like, oh, but he's the one guy that we can rely on. So uh. Statistically, yes, Adrian, you are correct. Uh, but <laughs> we we have one super super clutch guy.
1: Right, you can't be a one trick pony.
0: I you wish we had a couple be. of other like super clutch like right. guys, and we have one clutch guy besides our goaltenders.
1: <laughs> no, and that but that's where you need the likes of the Pavel Zakas mm-hmm. and the Charlie Coils to do that more often like right. what charlie coyle did in the game versus yeah the islanders needs to be and again i'm not saying he needs to have a hat truck every game. no that's that's lunacy no but but his his point producing contribution and that of pavel zaka need to be more consistent you know, I I'd like to see Hampus Lindholm generate a little bit more offense, yeah, as well.
0: Ultimately, I mean, is is the probability of the person scoring that very important goal going to be anyone other than David Pasternak? I don't well, know. Sure I gotta, have not done I, the math, but no, But I mean, if, if that's if the got, question,
1: if you've got Coil and Pasta. Out on the ice, yeah. Who are you giving the puck to? Who are you setting right. up?
0: Yeah, that. Yeah, that's ultimately what it is. What's who? What's the probability that it's going to be somebody I, else? I understand
1: what Adrian is is saying. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you know a good start the other night where a lot of guys got there first. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? And sometimes that's why it's nice when you play, you know, a team such as the Sabers that is struggling a little bit. You know, maybe it gives. Guys like Hein and Carlos Steen a, a, a bit of a boost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And take some of the weight and pressure off of some of your other guys. You know, there's value in that, too. Um, so that, you know, they're not under the assumption that it's like, I have to always be the person. Like, I can still play my game. Not that they are taking their foot off the pedal, but, you know, there is that weight of everyone's going to be expecting david posernock to score a goal in every game like the probability is high that he's going to score in any given game so uh thank you adrian i appreciate the call out always a good good chat so uh like i said everybody join us and listening to us we really appreciate it (laughs) and giving us great conversation um around the rink so uh Lots been happening. I know we don't have a super ton amount of time. Um, the big thing, no, yeah. you know, we we like to collect a lot of little things for our different segments. Again, if you find us out on our Discord, you can see I like to drop these, you know, tidbits and these articles and and memes and things um, for each of our segments. But the biggest one, obviously, is the coaching change that's in Edmonton. and And the drama that's surrounding it. Yeah, are we about to see another Wayne Gretzky situation for, you know, again, for our our younger listeners or maybe folks who don't remember back in the 80s, right, fresh off of winning some cups in Edmonton. um, There were financial troubles, to say the least, and they literally could not afford to have Gretzky on the payroll. And so they shipped him off to L.A. Uh, Is that what's going to happen? With well, the dynamic duo, I don't know. I, I it shouldn't. I mean,
1: again, unless unless Connor McDavid goes to them and says, "Get me out of here, I'm yeah. done. Send me someplace where I can win a cup." He doesn't yeah. strike me as as that type of an individual or a player. But I mean, don't look now because since they made the coaching change, they won their last two games. So they they beat the Kraken four to one. And they beat the Islanders four to one. Um, so I, I think sometimes in these situations where you, a coach is an easy target because you can't fire the entire team. Right. You know, you know, your team is sucks. To, well, I mean. even players who are not playing to the standard that
0: you expect them well, they got rid of their goaltender. They got rid of Campbell, basically. They did fire him.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> but that. just mismanagement. You know, that's just, that was just a mismanagement of assets. Yeah. So th- there, was, there was a lot of back and forth drama about, you know, the insinuation that, you know, Connor McDavid basically said, hire this guy. And, uh-huh. you know, him saying, you know, none of us, None of us knew even knew that this w- was happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, something had to change. Something had to change. They could not continue going in the direction that they're going in. Yeah, They still need a goalie as far as yeah. I'm concerned. They still need a goalie. Okay, so yeah. they beat the, the Kraken and they beat the Islanders. Okay, they're playing. They're not playing again until the 18th against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's see what happens.
0: In that I, yeah, yeah. I mean, and who knows? They maybe they won because that was a kick in the pants, like a who, you know, kind of shook them out of their funk. Because I don't know if you've been able to even stomach one of the interviews of McDavid or Dreisaitl. I mean, it, they're just so despondent. I can't even. I can't, I watched one once. And I was like, I can't see that kind of desperation again. Like that's just yeah. the worst thing to see. So who knows? You know, maybe it was a temporary fix, or it was just a shock to the system. It's shocking to say the least. I mean, it's, it it isn't. It isn't right. Like that's typically the go to answer. It, no, you know, when everything's going sideways. That goes. the goes. It's always going to fire
1: himself. No, right.
0: Okay. No. So yeah.
1: and again, like I said, you, you you can't fire an entire team, right? And right. So if if the message isn't getting through, um. And you need to do something to shake things up. And sometimes this is a message to players where they say, oh, my God, we're playing so shitty. We just got our coach fired. Oh, by the way, a guy that we liked. And we
0: cost him his job. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what continues there. Um, And then what the chirp. Let's talk about... The Mensa Brain Trust that is <laughs> the owners slash is it was it the owners or was it the no it was the general managers? The, the, general, the general managers, managers. okay <laughs> so in case nobody saw this, I will post all of these links in our show notes for folks was, to read firsthand. It yeah, was a
1: general managers meeting yesterday. Well, it might have been the day, it might have been Monday. Part you know because there were all the hockey Hall of Fame festivities over the weekend. Oh, and congratulations to um, the newest members mm-hmm. of the well Hockey deserved. Hall of Fame class of twenty twenty three: Henrik Lundqvist, Tom Barrasso, Carolyn Willett, Pierre Turgeon, Mike Vernon, Ken Hitchcock, and Pierre Lacroix. Congratulations, Amen. well deserved to all of them. Mm-hmm. So there were there were some meetings in there there's there's conversations about changing the 3 on 3 overtime format in an effort to make it more enhance the game excitement okay first of all this is not <laughs> a show okay this is a professional sport you cannot turn around as general managers, as league officials, and dictate to players how, and coaches, how three-on-three mm-hmm. three should be managed. Right. How about you take a look at the stupid shootout and ditch that premise and extend an overtime? Just go back to the old days, okay? mm mm-hmm. Get that extra overtime in there. If it's still even, everybody gets a point. But what they're proposing here seems so silly to me. So they they don't like the fact that as the three offensive players are going into the defensive zone, Mm -hmm. sometimes they pull the puck back out and reset. Some GMs and some league officials don't like that. Yeah. So they're, they're talking about eliminating that ability to pull the puck out of the attacking zone once you cross the blue line. Now, mind you, they, this is just preliminary conversations. They should just cease and desist right now <laughs> because it's so stupid. And this, this is the most ludicrous part. They've talked about the possibility of adding a shot clock in overtime once a team has possession what are we doing here what are we doing to this game
0: yeah i mean that's you now you're you're flirting with fundamentally changing how the game is played when you're effectively dictating how players are allowed to execute plays which i think is That's just a bridge too far. Like, I'm open to creative ideas and solutions. The notion that they need to still inject more, quote-unquote, urgency is insane to me. What do you think they're doing out there? (laughs) And I I know this is your
1: jam with with the analytics, Mm -hmm. but analytics is ruining sports in some instances. (laughs) All of this data and percentages, right? And these, you know, people sit behind and calculate this. Have you ever played hockey? Have you ever played baseball? Have you ever played basketball? Right. uh, it, it, It Honestly, athletes' heads must be ready to explode with some of this stuff.
0: Yeah. The idea that that, they think that there is no urgency out on the ice when you only have five minutes to win the game. I, I, we're not watching the same game. Nobody I don't think I have ever seen a an overtime, especially since they instituted the three on three, which I like. I like that. I think it's different. okay. I can I'm on board with the three on three i w- I would love the
1: three on three
0: to be extended. Give me 10 Thank minutes you. of that. I love
1: that. Even eight minutes. Whatever. There's urgency. You're, There's urgency. Trust and, me. And, and their own data <clears> says <throat> that 65.5% of the games that extend beyond regulation have ended in overtime. Okay? Yeah. Okay? So then, if you're thinking about making changes, just yeah. extend it. And here's <clears> the <throat> other thing. Nowhere in this article that I pulled up that was written by Dan Rosen who writes for he's a senior writer for nhl.com yeah. was there any any feedback from any member of the nhl players association yeah
0: yeah i mean granted this is just ideas I guess it's, it's just them on. talking
1: it's 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 talking heads i get it but when i read stuff like this i'm just like what is everyone thinking? Does right. nobody have
0: common sense anymore? No. No. <laughs> but hopefully something like that, uh, you know, they they need to get their other issues in, you know, resolved. Like, let, let's talk about the... Um, offsides or simpler solutions like let's let's we got other things to deal with other fish well, to the, fry the, than the, these the ridiculous ideas this, this
1: this these discussions centered around um face-offs and the fact that so many players are being waved out of face-offs mm. without getting any clarity from officials as to why now yeah we've been seeing this happen for how many years now yeah you know with with bergeron with Krejci. Um, it's you, been a you lot see it this happening season, all the time. Yeah, and then what? What the issue is is that the NHL director of officiating is is saying sometimes players um, that are getting set they're not listening to instructions from the linesman. Okay, so what? So what? Right.
0: So what? Right. Did they actually do? Uh, did they actually violate? The face-off rules, right. In that so moment, are, are
1: you are you mad because um, are you mad because he's not listening to you, or right. he's actually <laughs> violating right. something? There because are, if there he are there rules, then you have a responsibility to explain that. Yeah. To the same yep. right, so. Um, again, and, and I think this has been a this has been a criticism that we've all shared for a, mm-hmm. long, a long time because yeah. we see them being waved out and they're looking at the official like, are you going to tell me what I did to
0: get waved right. out of this face off? Right. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to be petty, you know. Just like any good workplace uh, relationships. Power (laughs) Power dynamics. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's already been an hour. Uh, I love talking with you. I hope our listeners enjoy listening in. Um, We've got to wait two more sleeps and a whole day before we get to see our Boston Bruins play again and play in their original sixth matchup against the Habs. I'm so jealous one. that you get to be there. I can't. It
1: be it. a good one. Yeah.
0: Never gotten to see a Habs game on the bucket list someday. But I, I've seen I've seen more than one
1: in my <sighs> in my tenure as a Bruins Season ticket holders. Um <laughs> So mo- mo- most times they've been enjoyable experiences in the Boston Garden, <laughs> although I have been witness to some fan <laughs> on fan prime during in the heyday when these were um, actual rivals. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll have an
0: extra drink for me and for everyone else. Join us online. We have a, a new Twitter account just for the pod. Maria, what's, what's the handle? It's um, it's just called Tape to Tape. <laughs> You can
1: find me on X. Um, Just hit us up. You can, you know, send us questions. Yeah. Give you the exact name. Yep. Tape to tape
0: MK. Right. At
1: tape to tape MK.
0: There you go, and it'll be in our show notes too, so you can all find it there. And with that, go bees. Go bees.